Everybody's a dreamer And everybody's a star And everybody's in movies It doesn't matter who you are There are stars in every city In every house and on every street And when you walk down Hollywood Boulevard The names are written in concrete Hey buddy Hey, buddy. He doesn't say it in this movie. Which is the first sign that this movie is bad. Yeah. Welcome back to Quizzing the Pod, episode 3, uh, brought to you by Sicko and Ebert. Brought to you by Sicko and Ebert. We're your hosts, Sicko and Ebert, also known as Janosch. And Roy. We... <sighs> well... We watched a movie. They didn't use the song. <laughs> <laughs> That's my big takeaway. At no point in the movie In the Army Now did they play In the Army Now. They couldn't get the rights to it. They could get the rights to the name, but not the song. Yeah. Like, if this were a JoJo's thing, you know, it would be called <laughs> Army Time. Army Time. <laughs> Military <Army> moment. <laughs> Military moment. <laughs> Is there a status quo stand? I don't... Oh, God. I'm not certain. I think so. I'm looking. Oh, this There's, is this but, is but also I always. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is. <laughs> I I also I think I always mix up status quo with uh. With the one band that was Okuyasu's brother stand, <laughs> that had like all the little guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Bad company. What? Bad company. <clears throat> yeah, I always mix up those two band names. Yeah, yeah. They just like fall in the same <laughs> area for me. It's the same shit. It's the same. This is our first episode since we released uh, this podcast to the public. Yeah, since um, we unleashed it. And th- the main responses we got was, one, I don't know who this Polly Shore guy is, <laughs> and I bet you just made him up. And the other one is, I always thought he was someone who was on Jersey Shore. <laughs> Bold of people to assume that either of us are creative enough to invent Polly Shore. <laughs> He can if I don't know if he didn't exist he you'd have to make him up but luckily f- well <laughs> you couldn't I would make say him luckily up for us but <laughs> you couldn't make this you couldn't make him up you couldn't do it he's you can't make up the weasel you can't make up the weasel say what you will about the weasel but you can't but make it's like up. up to this up to this point he was like a very Kind of like a clearly defined character, right? Like he played, he played basically Stony mm-hmm. in the first movie, and what was this guy in the second movie? Crawl. Crawl. <laughs> the names are getting worse because in this worse. one he's called Bones, which is clear, absolutely the worst one of the three. It's bad. Um, and the movie is also the worst one. Spoilers. This uh, fucking movie. But up to this point, it was like the weasel was like a clearly defined character that came with all these catchphrases that he used, Paulie used in his stand-up shows, that he, like, with his weird slang. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like a chill dude. That was his main thing. Yeah. And this feels like, I, I you know, when I, sat, when I sat down to make this podcast with you, mm-hmm. Roy, like when, when we conceptualized the idea, the thing I didn't think I would say at the third episode is that this betrays what Polly Shore stands for. <laughs> it does though. This is this is not like cuz cuz I 
not to suck my own dick, but we did listen. I did listen back to the first episode, and it was very funny. And there was a part where we were talking about how, um, like, Stony seemed less like a character that they wrote for a movie and more like we we want Polly Shore in this movie. We are going to write Polly Shore fan fiction about it. Um and yeah. that's where his character came from. In this one, he doesn't feel like a Polly Shore character. He feels like he could have been played by just about anybody and Polly got the role and they like slightly yeah. Paulified it. Just a very, bit. very slightly. Yeah, like it's. I don't think they qualified it. No, I think it was just Polly. Like his. Sometimes he brings in his like very specific line delivery. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like yeah, as you said, I this this was my main takeaway too. Yeah, this movie could have been played by anyone. Yeah, else. like this looks like this is not. Not like with the last two where like Encino Man was supposed to, was like, very, as we said, it's like very clear the star making vehicle for Polly that mm-hmm. tried to make him happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, fucking son-in-law was just like purely a weasel uh, vehicle. Yeah, weasel adventures. You know? Yeah. This one... And this, this is just probably a script that was kicking around mm-hmm. that they were like... We need a guy. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get yeah. a guy. So they got a Let's guy. Get the guy. Let's get two guys, uh, but only Polly Shore made it to the poster of the movie. <laughs> like, the, the cover of the, uh, the, uh, the poster of the movie is just like him in front of an explosion and it says, Polly Shore in, in the army now. It's, this is the uh, fakest looking poster of any yeah. of these movies so far. Absolutely. I think it looks worse than the next two. two it looks, even though I don't know how bad. bad the movies are gonna be, but out of all the posters, this is definitely the fakest one. The 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 one that someone would make up. <laughs> yeah, this is a yeah, this is a gag. This like, is a joke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is kind of what what drew me drew my attention to Polishore in the first place. <laughs> this poster. Uh, but it was also the one that I was like least looking forward to actually watching, yeah. Um, because it's a military theme uh-huh. thing, which I don't care for one bit. Oh yeah, no, me neither. I like the thing with military movies is that that they can go one of two ways, and one yeah. way, which is the most common, is that you know it's funded by the United States military, um, so it's propaganda. The other way is that it turns out to be a murder cycle where it's, like, weirdly anti-military, and you don't see that shit coming, and it hits you in the face, uh, and it rules. This, on the other hand, uh, I did stick around through the end of the credits to see whether it was funded <laughs> by the United States military, and yep, it sure was. Uh, brought to That is very unsurprising. Yeah, brought to us I by the United States Department that, of Defense. But... You shouldn't have. Um... But yeah, I think, like, because the first maybe 15 or so minutes, I was like, okay, this is going to be a movie about saying, fuck my recruiter, right? Which is something that, yeah, yeah everybody in the military here in the United States says, fuck my recruiter. Um, but that's not the case. This ends up being a movie about I love my recruiter and war in the military is good. It's such a turn. It's... Like... It almost comes out of nowhere at the yeah. end, where where Paul is like, and <laughs> I love the army. He loves it. <laughs> I, 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 he loves the... being a dog of the military. 
But this is how propaganda works. Like they yeah. they get you. Yep. Because at first it's like, uh, I mean, it's almost it's almost like the ma- or it's it, the movie like says it, says it at the end where like it's at first it's like oh you're you're on the side of these two losers. Mm-hmm. Um. And when they sign up for the military is one big joke, you're like, hey, yeah. And at the end, they turn out to be the recruiters for the next two losers. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, you, the viewers, are also now, like, we, this makes us sicko and ebuds the podcast, <laughs> the new military recruitment devices as we come out of this movie. <laughs> it's, it, it's, this, that's the main thing that makes this not a Polly Shore vehicle, because yeah. Polly, the character of the Weasel Shore would not do this. I don't think he would do any of this. No. No. He he no matter how foolish he may be because he is bumbling. He is he is a goon and that's what we love yeah. about him, but he wouldn't I don't think he would see any of this for a second and go, "Yeah, buddy, I'm going to do this." Like he, he wouldn't do that. Say any of his catchphrases. None of them. He's not Polly. He's not the weasel. This hashtag not my weasel. Age. He doesn't speak any. He doesn't speak any slang. Not like, my it's weasel. not even that they came up with new catchphrases mm-hmm. for him. He has none. It's just, I, I am, I am realizing that I have, I have sunk so low as a movie critic uh, that I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I complain about the lack of catchphrases in a comedy movie. <laughs> that you're mourning the loss of the weasel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mourning the loss of Polish Shore saying, I'm gonna go munching on some grindage. <laughs> I wish he had munched on some grindage. Yeah. God. Instead. That's. Uh, instead, we God. get this. And it's. And then it's also. The other aspect is that this is a buddy comedy. Oh, with God. Polly Shore and Andy Dick. Remember at and... the end of the last episode when I said, oh, it's yeah. got Andy Dick in it, and you said, who's Andy Dick? Yeah, you know who Andy Dick is now, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see this man ever again. If you put him on my screen, I am going to hang up the call. Never say to me the words Andy Dick. (laughs) (laughs) He's so bad. He's so fucking bad. It's he's no, he's when when we were complaining about how bad like Sean Astin was in in in. in Encino Man, I am I am nostalgic for David Encino Man. <laughs> I I want him showing bath pictures. I'll take Dave Encino Man showing his baby bath pictures in public like, any we, day of the week. We truly didn't know how good we we had it before. There's, we had no like, idea. Just just on a pure like this doesn't feel like a movie. No, this doesn't feel like something I watched. The, yeah, this feels like a dream I had. Yeah. Like, not a good one, but, like, definitely, like, when I woke up going, what the fuck was that about? You know? Do we even, like, I don't want to recap this movie. Like, I guess we have to because that's the format, but, like, I don't want to because there isn't, there's no reason to. It's just, (laughs) like, I said to you, you know, after I watched it, because I watched it before you did. Yeah. And I said, like, remember how like half of son-in-law was shenanigans and antics yeah this movie is nothing but antics and it has no chemistry yeah. between the leads like andy dick None. and Polly shore have like they don't 
play off of each other. They're just two guys on the screen at the same time. Andy Dick just doesn't have, like, Paulie Shore, or at least in the previous movies, had a shtick. Yeah. Um, he had, like, you got, you, you knew what you got. Um, Andy Dick has nothing going on for him. Like, he's just, yeah. he's just annoying, but not in a specific way. Yeah, he has no Andy shtick. Uh, yeah. He needs one, yeah. He... <laughs> Like, I don't know how to, like, and I struggled with this at the end of the last episode. Like, Andy Dick is a a person who has been in media, and I've never been able to, like, describe what Andy Dick is, or, like, yeah. what his deal is. His, like, Andy Dick is just less a person and more of a vibe, and the vibe is annoying and bad. The vibe is get this filth away from me. <laughs> the vibe is vile. I like I'm googling Andy Dick right now just to see like yeah. if I can come up with an adjective for Andy Dick and like half of the results I'm getting are Andy Dick arrested facing domestic violence charges, which is great. Um it's yeah. Great, excellent, cool. I mean there's a couple of jokes where in this movie where he's being horny and like knowing that his IRL sex pest, I was like Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, cool. Okay. <laughs> this is like the vibe that he gives off is like to to the listeners who do not watch this movie. Like watch watch fucking watch Encino Man, watch Son in Law. Like I know we said you shouldn't watch Encino Man, but honestly, like you could do so much worse than watching Encino Man. Um Yeah. But, but just <clears throat> to paint you a picture of who Andy Dick is, like he's imagine a guy who you who like you're at a party, right? And there's just, like, one guy who you don't know why he's here. Because you, you, you don't... He doesn't know any of your friends uh, or any of the people who are there. Uh, but he keeps, like... He keeps being annoying. And maybe he, like, plays a guitar or something. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, you don't know this guy, but he's trying to get everybody's attention. He's like trying to trying to play along, but he just can't vibe with anyone. Yeah, he doesn't have the same sense of humor as anybody in the room. Yeah. He can't read the room. Yeah, he's gonna get like insulted by things. Uh, he's gonna keep self promoing. Like... Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Um, he. I, I'm realizing I've known guys like Andy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I know guys like Andy Dick right now. Like, yeah. it's bad. Uh, God, should we, should we, like... We should get into it. We don't I have guess. to, like, recap every single detail, but there's yeah. specific scenes <clears throat> I want to talk about. Yeah, like, um, I can give you the plot in 30 seconds. Um, yeah. <laughs> Andy Dick and Polly Shore are two fucking assholes who lose their jobs, and so they decide to join the Army Reserves because their recruiter lies to them. Uh, and mm -hmm. immediately after finishing boot camp, they uh, get called to war because of reasons. They go out to to war zone. Uh, they do antics. Uh, and then they get lost in the desert for a while. And then they get kidnapped by uh, racist caricatures. And then they save the day. And the, it was funded by the United States Department of Defense... <laughs> And they love being in the army, 
and they build they love they... tricking people into like it is weird how the movie is like very upfront about how they were tricked into getting into the army yeah but they um, love being tricked but yeah they love being tricked and they love doing this to people like, they love it you should as a as a as a propaganda device it is it's insane it's like trying to sell the army as a thing that cons people into joining. Yeah. And it's horrible, but they end up liking it because, I don't know, they find a girlfriend there. I guess. <laughs> the fuck, like... And they also learn that it's fun to blast rockets, I guess. Like, if that's the moral of it. I, I don't fucking know. They, they love it. Whatever. It's like, at the... They uh, get a funny camel... They get the funny camel. Yeah. They get Lil Apple in camel uh, form. And yeah. they love it. And they build their little electronics store next to the recruitment office. <laughs> it sucks so much. I want so to talk much. about some individual. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, we're trying to, like, we're already d- analyzing the propaganda of it, which is, like, <laughs> the big... It is, it is. It does really stick out. Like, the mm. way it ends with showing two guys who are very clearly the same as Pauly Shore and Andy Dick were at the beginning of the movie, and they're like, well, let's join up for the reserves. Yep. It's, you ha- don't have to do shit and they pay you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to go through three weeks of boot camp. Um, yep. Like, the way they do that at the end is a little joke, as like, haha, look at the, le- the next guys who are getting conned into the army is both vile. Yeah. From not even just from the movie standpoint, but like just from the military standpoint, that they yeah. would like lend their seal of approval on something like this uh, is disgusting uh, and mm-hmm. weirdly honest. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so fucking weird. Like, my perspective, okay, because I have lived my entire life in a heavily military based. Uh, area of the country right like this we have like three navy bases around here everybody like 60 percent of the people that i went to high school with ended up joining the navy um we had recruiters come into high school we've just everybody is in the military around here and this shit is demented like (laughs) that's the shit i've grown up with i've seen their tactics and everything and the fact that the department of defense said i know what we should do Let's put money into this movie where we show ourselves conning some idiots into joining us and then they turn around and love it because of they love it is deranged. It's demented. This makes no sense. Rarely seen a movie that hates its audience so much. (laughs) It oh god. Like if this if these two characters are supposed to be your audience stand in like, if if this is supposed to be, like, look, this is you. You're, you grew up with Pauly Shore movies. Like, you watched Encino Man when you graduated high school. Then you watched Son-in-Law <laughs> when you were, like, an L.A. stoner type. <laughs> surf t- uh, type. I don't know what uh, stereo- what uh, the weasel is. Like, we said, what, what did we say? Bro... <laughs> Surf bro slang, or what was that? Yes, yeah, so, like surfer dude bro, dude bro surfer. Surf dude, yeah. If you're like one of those guys who are like chilling in LA, uh, you know, you're, you you ate you ate that shit up, but mm-hmm. now you're working at like a TV store mm-hmm. uh, and hate your job and are bad at it. And um, 
We're gonna have to talk about that scene, by the way. Uh, because it's really bizarre. It's insane. Like, I, don't, I, I looked away for a second and looked back and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but now you're... Uh, just like put yourself into someone in 1995 or whenever this movie came out. 96 it might be. I think it was 95. Gonna... Let me... Hold on, I have it up. 94, actually. 94. Okay, mm-hmm. I wasn't even born yet, so... Oh god, you're I'm a baby. I'm innocent of anything, this. Uh, <laughs> I was already in school. I was in, like, the first grade. <laughs> but then then, then you were also not the target audience for this movie, because your target audience for this movie is someone who saw Xenoman in high school, then son-in-law when they were, like, I had started, maybe starting college, then mm. they dropped out. <laughs> you dropped out Inevitably. of college. You're now working at a TV store where you hate your job, and you think to yourself, uh, I need, I want to do some work where I don't have to do shit and still get money. Yeah, the Encino Manta Army Pipeline. (laughs) (laughs) That's the audience the movie uh, picked out as its target audience, and that's also, like, the demographic that the military is preying on. Yeah, it's insidious. It's, it's... It's pretty evil when you look at it like that. Because it's, it's like, like, you know these guys need something to do. You know they're desperate. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the military does. They look at the most desperate people. They make sure that conditions are intact so that they remain desperate. So that there's always a steady stream of desperate people available to join them. Available for them to con them. And here we fucking go. Here we are. We have... Polly Shore and Andy Dick, who are gamers, apparently. That's my first note, mm-hmm. is just gamers. Um, they're working, or I guess it's just, I guess it's just Polly working at the electronics store. I don't know what Andy Dick does. I don't know what that other, what he does, but... He's there. I, I, <laughs> Andy Dick, like, immediately comes across in the worst way possible, like... Because what's happening is that first they're, like, hanging out, and I guess they're, like, playing a game on one of the screens while Polly should be working instead. I would never do this, by the way. I would never, like, during work times, like, edit a podcast or something. Yeah. Just just, just to put that on record. <laughs> In case my uh, employer but, is listening. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that would be interesting. <laughs> Yeah. If that it, it it would be interesting if some if someone I know in real life accidentally found my podcast and this would be the one they started with. <laughs> it would be great, I think. I, would, I think it would be great. I would respect that. Yeah, I would. I love think it. this should be the one you start with. <laughs> I would love it if my coworkers and my my managers at the library found this episode of this podcast and heard me yeah. talking shit about the United States military <laughs> for for an hour and a half. Roy cancelled for disrespecting the troops. <laughs> Pretty much. I've Walking heard... in to work and everyone is pointing. <laughs> look at the look at the army disrespector coming in. I salute and go to my desk. the Game of Thrones shame thing. <laughs> they shave my head. <laughs> They're throwing shit at me. They're gonna force send you to the military. <laughs> it's my punishment. <laughs> They're gonna make me join the military with Andy Dick as God. punishment. God. So what guy. Um so what was I talking about? Oh I, I was gonna say I, I keep I keep like expecting that one day someone in real life, like someone I someone I just know from high school or from like elementary school will message me and be like, Oh hey, I found out about I just 
checked out I, I was just I wanted to listen to a Discworld podcast and suddenly I hear a familiar voice I think it would be very funny if that happened it would be pretty funny <laughs> like, That's I don't, my own. yeah I don't think people would be able to mistake me I've heard that I have a very recognizable yeah. voice so. I have a podcast about David Lynch stuff so like it's it would be feasible that one of the professors at my uni uh, like for my university I guess at this point <laughs> would find that one but you know i don't think i said anything disrespectful about them so who yeah. cares it's okay i said some swear words maybe <laughs> i said Sue a cuss so sorry <laughs> <laughs> by the way they're working at the store right and uh, polishor is like playing a video game and is like talking over it um he's talking this is the like visually most interesting part of the movie because for like the for like the whole of the opening credits you just hear them hear their voiceover as they're riffing on donkey kong <laughs> well they're playing some movie where they're or some movie they're playing oh, some yeah, game where yeah it's like a tank they're controlling yeah. a tank and making it go oh, around and do tank things. yeah yeah um there's also while while the opening credits are going i noticed that there's a director of photography whose name is william wages which is <laughs> which is the name of the season ass name appropriate yeah um, Polly is wearing a piano key necktie as his part of his work uniform, which is yeah, which is hilarious, funny. Um, this is the last time you will see anything Polly funny. Do some drip. Yeah, <laughs> there is. I actually did because uh, I mentioned on the first episode or the second episode the six laugh test uh, for, uh -huh. from Kermel, and I actually counted the laughs I had. You want to guess? I my heart tells me none. I had. One and a half, because the second <laughs> one was a chuckle. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. That actually sounds about right. Yeah, yep. Uh, but it wasn't here uh, because at this point I was just utterly bewildered <laughs> by what's going on here. Uh, Polly Shore is like, yeah, don't. I'm not. A, I'm not scared of the boss man. Uh, and I think like he, the boss man, like comedy walks up from behind or something. He like he's in the he's in the room talking about how. He's talking to Andy Dick about whatever, mm -hmm. his job sucks. And then, like, another one of his co-workers comes in and is like, Hey, Pauly Shore, our boss wants to talk to you. And he goes, Oh, no. And he, like, starts sneaking around the CD shelves trying to hide from the boss. And then he comedy bumps into him, I think. Yeah. And the boss is large and upset and is like, You, you rascal, you Pauly Shore, you, you better actually do some work on the job. And he, he like, he, he says he's going to fire him, but Polly just says, no, I'm not fired. Watch me work. And mm. he proceeds to talk to, talk to a sexy lady who comes in. Uh, a hot babe comes in and mm -hmm. he helps her with a TV problem and like sells her a new TV. And, but it turns out that that's all a ruse because the hot, sexy lady is Polly Shore's girlfriend who... Polly Shore would never be fucking a lady who looks like this. <laughs> like, I'm sorry he wouldn't. Yeah. It is, uh, the, the movie expects a lot of uh, the suspension of disbelief for us to believe that this is his actual girlfriend. Like, This movie has no business asking as much of me as it does. Yeah. I don't know where it thinks it has the right, but it doesn't. <laughs> So, fucking whatever, that happens, and then he, like, gets busted because the other co-worker who, I guess, has a grudge against him for some reason, like, 
puts the security footage of him talking to his hot girlfriend behind the in the employee area about like oh you pulled off a great plan you know like oh now i'm not gonna lose my job isn't it andy dick who does this is it i think i think yeah i'm i'm looking at the wikipedia summary that says both of them work there news to me uh uh fucking if i had the movie still open they do work at crazy boys discount electronics yeah yeah um whatever because i didn't i didn't quite understand how this even happened to be honest but like what ends up happening right is that i is that andy dick starts filming paulie shore Uh uh-huh as he goes behind the camera behind the like rack of televisions Mm -hmm. and starts talking to this girl who as we find out is his girlfriend and that they just made this whole thing uh, as a ruse so that they convince the boss that he's actually good at selling TVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Paul is like, come on, babe, let's get naked. Yeah, and let's this fuck is at all... work. Let's fuck at work. Like, <laughs> where w- just behind this, like, row of televisions, like, everyone will hear this. Yeah. And Andy Dick, like, what I thought Andy Dick was doing was, like, fucking around with the camera, like, kind of, kind of in the way that, like, getting back in my, putting, putting on my Wayne's World cap again, the way that, yeah. like, Garth is fucking around with the drill at the, at the garage in the one scene, and he's just, and then he scratches it against the car. I thought they mm-hmm. were going for a joke kind of like that, um, but since this movie is bad, it didn't work. But it was very confusing to to understand how this even happens. But yeah, it's like it might have been like someone else who connected them to the television series. But like, what ends up happening is that this is all like Polly being like, "Come on, baby, let's get naked." Is like shown on all the television sets, and everyone is looking at them. Mm -hmm. And then they like knock over this whole wall of televisions. Yeah. And the next scene, they're like, "I can't believe they fired us." Can you? Can you really? Can you? <laughs> like, whatever. It's shenanigans. It's just, this movie is just shenanigans. Yep. Um, the close. I think this scene is also, like, where we get the closest thing to any kind of Pauly line. Because at his job at Crazy Boy's Discount Electronics Store in Glendale, California, mm-hmm. he's supposed to, like, when he makes a sale, he's supposed to say some shit about, like, I'm a registered crazy dude, which he says, and that's the closest thing we yeah. get to, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that, but you're right. That's <laughs> very weak effort. It's bad. <laughs> it just sucks. So, whatever, they get fired. And then, I don't even remember how they get the idea to go into the army recruitment. Because there's, they're like, as they're complaining to each other, it's like, I can't believe we got fired. There's like two (coughs) army dudes they bump into. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. They're fucking around somewhere. They're like, oh, yeah, they're playing, like, mini golf. And, um, there's there's army guys in there. The guys explain that they're in the army reserves, which is a scam. And, um, they, <laughs> uh, and then Polly Shore is like, oh, I have an idea. Let's go get scammed. So they yep. decide they're going to go, like, talk to a recruiter. And they take their little, their little pamphlet and they're looking at it and the guy's explaining everything to him. And 
whatever, it's typical recruitment jokes. We don't, you know, oh, you, really? We don't have to do anything? It's one weekend mm-hmm. a month? You know, whatever. And Andy Dick, like, he is one of the most reprehensible parts of this movie, but he is sure. correct in this scene, unfortunately. Worst uh-huh. guy you know just <laughs> made a good point. So, because he's like, I don't, I don't buy this. Uh, this is, this, this might be a scam to me. Uh, this, this, I don't think this is what you're thinking it is. It seems very much like a scam. And then Paul is like, if we're getting scammed, then a lot of people are getting scammed into the military. He doesn't say that, but he should. And, uh, (laughs) whatever, they buy into the scam, they, they agree to get scammed. Um, cause like, they go and talk to each other, like, Andy Dick is like, can I, can I have a word with you before we agree to this? And, um, the recruiter, by the way, in this scene is played as like the nicest, coolest dude ever. Um, which is, should have been the first sign. Mm -hmm. That should have been where I first picked up on it, but whatever. That's like Oscam, what Oscamas are like. like. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I think at some point, like, they're talking about... Like, yeah, we don't have any, any, there's no conflicts going on right now. And like, this came out in 1994 when, <laughs> as we know, there were famously no American troops occupying anywhere, any other part of the world. No. Certainly not the Middle East. There's Certainly no reason not. why in 1994 they would have like aspired to make a military propaganda film starting Paul no. Shore than the Dick. Why would they do that? They would never. <sighs> They would never put out a poster that see, that no. features Pauly Shore in I, what appears to be a desert. Speaking of military propaganda, not to break the flow of the show here, but I had the Wikipedia page of the director of this movie. Oh boy! Oh, and it doesn't it doesn't show a good picture because because here's he wrote a lot more sc- screenplays than he actually directed. Mm-hmm. But his first screenplay, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. <laughs> um, his second screenplay, I don't know what this. This is just seems like a romantic drama, whatever. Mm-hmm. His third screenplay is a buddy cop action film called Shoot to Kill. Hmm. So that's hmm. great. And then the first one, he actually the fourth is also a buddy cop movie with Tom Hanks called Turner and Hooch. Yeah. So it's like already like this line of propaganda going on, right? This guy loves the first, some propaganda. The first movie he directed is a 1991 action American action film called Toy Soldiers. <laughs> hey, look who's in it. The plot resolves around an all-male boarding school overtaken by terrorists. While the authorities remain helpless, a group of rebellious and mischievous students decide to put their resourcefulness to good use. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, it feels like there's some themes going on here. Uh, the first person listed in the cast of Toy Soldiers is Sean Astin, by the way. So Sean everything Astin comes and back. Will Wheaton. Sean Astin and Will Wheaton. Just <laughs> let that rest just, dissolve okay, the on next your movie, tongue. The movie he directed after this, which was 20 years later in 2014. Uh, Daniel Petrie Jr.'s name of director, by the way. In 2014, Daniel Petrie Jr. directed a movie called Dawn Patrol. The plot is John, played by Scott Eastwood, 
is a surfer who, avenging his brother's murder, discovers he has killed the wrong man and joins the Marine Corps to escape his past. Interesting. <laughs> Makes you think. If there's like one or two jobs you take from the, the US Army to direct the propaganda movie for them, it's fine. But if every single movie you Yeah. Direct, Kind of sus. Like, I'm like, it's, uh, his, he put out a movie in 2017, uh, what, what was his fucking job on this one? Hold on. He, uh, he's executive producer of a film, 2017 film called An Ordinary Man starring, uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. Um, uh -huh. the first, the first, the first sentence of the plot of this, a war criminal is hiding in plain sight in an unnamed Balkan country. <laughs> Which is just, there's so Great. many parts of that. Like, it's a very brief sentence, but there's a lot to, much to think about. He just, there's so many, there's so much war in all of this man's movies. Yeah. It's, it's like all he does. It's all he does. It's all he does. God, there's a, so. Just looking through the other works. Here's another one called The Sixth Day that he executive produced, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, and other and Robert Duval and some other people. He uh, served as the creator. Is, huh? Oh, this is a movie about uh let's see cloning humans, uh cloning corporation security agents. I don't know. This seems this also seems very fashy. <laughs> <laughs> the title refers to the Judeo Christian Genesis creation narrative. Of course it does. The film was Terry Crews acting to me. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> uh, Daniel Petrie Jr. also served as the creator and executive producer of Combat Hospital, a television war drama series produced in its native Canada. So this guy <laughs> is not only simping for the United States military, he's doing so as a Canadian. That's so fucked up. Buck fucking wild. This is why they won't let us be on noise space. <laughs> <laughs> Matt saw this coming. Matt looked into his, his little crystal ball, his crystal pokeball, and said, uh, I see you saying some shit about a Canadian. <laughs> I will point out, uh, in the army now is... The last one, the last movie for which he, which Daniel Patrick Jr. didn't only direct, but also wrote the screenplay for. <laughs> like, after this, he directed two more movies, but he didn't write them. He brought, produced a bunch of stuff. It's also the only one that he wrote, directed, and had a cameo in. Oh, I wish I had known about the cameo, because the cameo is as Lieutenant Colonel... Who fucking knows what character that is in a military movie? Like, the other, the other cameo that he had in uh, the cameo that he had in the Distinguished Gentleman (parentheses 1992) cameo as asbestos lobbyist. <laughs> this is a movie he had nothing else to do with otherwise. Like the Distinguished Gentleman, he didn't direct, didn't produce, didn't write. He yeah. just had a cameo. And, uh, this is an Eddie Murphy uh, vehicle, political comedy film starring Eddie Murphy. When did it... Was this before or after Eddie Murphy got, like, got, like, publicly... Well, 
publicly declared cringe. Oh, it was way before. Okay. Well, I don't know. Let's let's look at Eddie Murphy's disco- uh, filmography. Yeah. I'm, There's. I'm... Oh, I th- I see I see what the uh, the connection is because Daniel Petri wrote Beverly Hills Cop, which was like the big, the movie that made Eddie Murphy big. Um. So I guess they were just friends. I guess huh. that's just the reason. Uh, it was. Yeah, I don't know. This was four years after coming to America, mm-hmm. uh, which was, I think, it was four years before the Nutty Professor. So I think, <laughs> I think the Nutty Professor was when the like cringe Eddie Murphy trajectory started really going down. Like that's where we could do. I don't know, but those movies are so vile. <laughs> the, the Eddie Murphy stuff, but like, really, you don't the, you don't want to talk about Norbit. Janos, you don't want to talk about Norbit. <laughs> you don't want to talk about the Nutty Professor too. You don't want to talk about Norbit. Chris- sounds like the most hateful movie. <laughs> we might have to. We might have to actually do an Eddie Murphy cringe series, like from the point on where he started making movies where he where he plays every character. <laughs> <laughs> Just the the Eddie Murphy cringeography. Yeah. We'll talk about Meet Dave. <laughs> We'll talk about the adventures of Pluto Nash. <laughs> he had a fucking... He had a moment with Shrek and then threw it away with... Uh, like, Norbit came out, like, six years re- later. So, like, he, he wasn't able to, like, even hold that momentum. Like, I think he was nominated for an Oscar for him, for the Shrek. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for his voice work in Shrek <laughs> as Donkey. Um, Which... Did that or did that not come out the same year as Nutty Professor 2, colon, The Clumps? <laughs> it came out a year after that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what would be funny if Eddie Murphy was playing a woman? It would be really funny if Eddie Murphy was playing a big fat lady. It would be so funny. There's so many fat suits you can put a guy in. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> out of all out of all the cringe stuff Paulie Shore has done, at least I'm glad he never like did a Jack and Jill I will play oh. the male and female characters in the movie. Oh god. Are we going to have to watch Jack and Jill as a one-off? <laughs> Are we going to have to do that to ourselves? I'm open to it. <laughs> I feel like if we mention a movie on this podcast, we're going to have to talk about it. Cause... Yeah. Oh, so, my uh, so God. We have to keep a list. Yeah, yeah. Just running, running tally of <sighs> just garbage anyway all right we've gotten through like not even 20 we've gotten through 15 <laughs> minutes of the movie because yeah they haven't even gotten to where, boot camp yet yeah this is where, where boot camp starts is where the movie like starts really going off the nuts like the, yeah. the boot camp stuff is like because like most of this movie most of this movie from like after 30 minutes mm-hmm. of the movie's runtime just becomes incredibly boring and nothing happens but the boot camp stuff is just like 10, 15 minutes of throwing every spaghetti on the wall that they can find, like in trying to make something comedic happen. We don't even need to talk about this in like chronological terms. No. 
No, there's like, it's just, because this is another movie like Son-in-Law where a vast majority of it, like a, a quantifiable percentage of it is in the form of montages. And yeah. um, none of them set to end the army now. Just want to reiterate. No. Um, but like, there's a funny scene where they're getting their heads shaved and Polly yes. does a, oh, I just want a little off the top. Um, they be horny at their uh, drill Let's sergeant. slow down. Let's slow down for a second because I want to talk about the. Do I want to talk to? about all of these. Uh, the the hair shaving scene. I, I that's 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 where like the most irritating element of this movie, besides the propaganda, uh, <laughs> crystallizes to the viewer because because this movie has so much screaming in it. <laughs> Like so much <laughs> thing with Paulie Shore in the previous movies. Like God. his thing wasn't the zoom in on his face while his ah while he does this face. It, yeah, like he doesn't even <laughs> scream in a good way. Like he's bad at <laughs> they, screaming. <laughs> no, it's not a good scream. They they shave his head and then show him the mirror and then the camera zooms in on his gigantic mouth. And he's screaming at the revelation of that his iconic haircut is now gone and he has a military haircut, which, dude, if you join the military, that's the one thing you know is going to happen to you. Yeah, everybody knows this. <laughs> this doesn't work as a joke. This doesn't, it's... Uh... It's, and if we... If we think, which I believe, is that the movie thinks the audience, their audiences, like like when the movie shows shows the audience these guys, they think this is you, like this is you, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. You really think you can walk into the the army barber and just ask them for a little off the top? You think he's really gonna do that? You fucking idiot! You yeah. absolute moron! <laughs> it sucks so bad. And we get to the. <laughs> We get to the horny stuff. <laughs> the horny stuff in this movie. It's so bad. Like It's uh, inexcusable. Oh my when, god. When when we when we talked about like once again, we didn't know how, how good we had it in uh in uh fucking son in law because yeah. like the the horny stuff in son in law is like compared to this is like Jane Austen writing. Yeah. This is that was that was chaste. And yeah. this movie, for the record, is rated PG. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is rated PG. Um but they meet their drill sergeant who is a tiny pretty lady. Um and she's got a a very, you know, typical like mean drill sergeant character way of delivering her lines as as she's supposed to you know she's she's still meant to be tough intimidating and they just they're just horny for her and that's the reason she's there is to be horny dad i don't fucking know none of that's funny um and not even because it's just gratuitous horny it's just not funny there's just no jokes about it it yeah. just happens yeah i mean the joke is horny the joke the is joke horny is yeah. The, the, this is a very like the way the jokes in this movie work is um just the most there's like there's no subversion right like it's yeah. uh it's completely straight wouldn't it be funny if Polly Shore was horny for his drill sergeant and then the 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 punchline is that Polly Shore is horny to this drill sergeant yeah 
Isn't it? But... Oh, wait. Yeah, no, I guess it's like both of them. Because cause Andy Dick ends up being horny for their, their friend. Yeah. Um, but that and... happens later. Like, I think the, yeah. the, in these scenes, the focus is more on Polly Shore. Uh, which, in retrospect, I'm thankful for, but like, not really. <laughs> but this is the point where I want to... I want to highlight something Roger Ebert's, uh, friend of the show, Roger Ebert's review uh, on this movie. Because really this podcast is called Sicko and Ebert. We are Sicko and Roger Ebert is talking to us from Beyond the Grave, which is also Sicko behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't like this movie. Uh, yeah. Predictably, he gave it one and a half stars, which is a half star more than I gave it on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't like it. He says that uh, you know it's the same setup that the Bill Murray movie Stripes has, but without the satire in it. Uh, he says the star is polish or curly-haired comedian who comes across like a skinny Richard Simmons. His characters are never the slightest bit brighter than the screenplay absolutely demands. Um, he plays an incompetent clerk in an electronic store who gets fired and decides with his buddy Jack and Dick to join the army reserves because, hey, after all, they, like, pay you money for, like, doing practically nothing, right? So this is just, like, the plot summary part. And this yeah. is where the, the next part of <laughs> Polly Shore's review is one of the things that people don't talk enough about is <laughs> how horny Roger Ebert was. Like, <laughs> a typical Roger Ebert review would have parts that's, that's like... Um, this movie wasn't particularly good, good, but I appreciated Monica Bellucci's gigantic behonkaroos. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just a typical thing that happened in Roger Ebert's reviews. And We're here to shine a spotlight on Roger Ebert being horny. And, 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 and this, this is the part in the review where he writes... The movie comes to life during a basic training, training sequence in which the boys draw a sexy female drill sergeant, Lynn Whitfield. The biggest laugh comes after she adjusts a trainee's uniform and Shore quickly dishevels his own, so she'll, so she'll tug on his pants too. The scene doesn't have a payoff, but hey, the setup is fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's his highlight because it's funny horny. There's a pretty lady on screen, so he likes yep. it. That's the half star in the review. <laughs> That's the half star. The one star is from Roger Ebert's brain and the half star is from his wee-wee. Yeah. It's pretty good. But yeah, they're fucking horny for her or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they... this is also, I, I would say, my one, my one genuine laugh in this movie was also during the drill uh boot camp during the during the boot camp sequence mm. um it was a 20 minutes into the movie he wrote it they wrote it down <laughs> to remember <laughs> I, wrote it down. I didn't write it down for a second one because it was also like not not yeah, well, the other, enough yeah this but is this, the, this is my... the full star laugh the other one is the half yeah. star laugh <laughs> my one star laugh is <laughs> was uh at a bit where Polly shore needs to because because like one thing that keeps happening is that Polly Shore and Andy Dick do a very bad job at boot camp, um, obviously, mm-hmm. because this is the movie we signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> they do a very bad job, and, um, you know, they, they do things like uh, Polly Shore wants to fire a gun the wrong way. With yeah, the, it's like, funny. Cannon pointing at himself, and then a drill sergeant would go and say, Private, it's the other way around, whatever they call soldiers, I don't know. <laughs> you fucking idiot. 
<laughs> you imbecile, you fucking moron. <laughs> so they do that, and then there's there's one scene where she's like, this is a real, uh, a real hand grenade that is functional. You pull it out, you throw it, and then you go onto cover. And then what Paulie Shore does is uh, he pulls out the pin and just drops it on the ground. Yeah. And then the drill sergeant is like, get behind cover, or like, get away from here or something. And then uh-huh. there's, there's a big explosion. And then my one laugh was on the delivery of Polly's saying, thanks, drill sergeant, you saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> a full guffaw on that one. <laughs> uh. I, I don't know, I thought it was funny that he said it when he himself blowed himself up. Out it's of pretty. Purity, I see. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it for all the comedy in the movie. So yeah, that's the the first and last joke that happens. If you want to, if you want to uh, experience all the good bits of the movie, just like go twenty minutes into it, and then here's the time stamp. Watch the hand grenade scene, <laughs> and then turn it off and watch yeah. something else. Watch yeah. Doctor Strange Love if you want a good. <laughs> movie about how the war is bad and the military sucks uh anything there are many things that are better than this many many many, many are things. saying many are saying more and more people everyday people come up to me on the street and tell me this so fucking whatever i don't even remember everything that happens in this montage because yeah. it's just it just keeps going on it's and none long. of it's like, funny oh i was going to wanted to talk about the first the first thing because just to highlight how bad it was the first scene <laughs> when Polly meets the sexy dress sergeant uh-huh. just goes on for fucking forever like you get the joke of horny right yeah 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 but then the movie just like rubs your face into the joke like more and more and it's mm-hmm. not a joke like there's no punchline it's just that he's horny for her and he's like i think there's bits like uh he makes her do like push-ups and but he misunderstands it or something like I don't. yeah there's some shit about push-ups who fucking cares it's so they finish yeah they finish boot camp and <coughs> now they're like they they they're completely transformed mm-hmm they're new, like at new a men, I guess. Graduation thing, like graduation from boot camp. Yeah, that happens. That's a whole thing. And uh, Polly's girlfriend is there, and she's like, "Oh, you're hot now, I guess, <laughs> because you're an army guy." Yeah, you look handsome in your uniform. We love it when when man in uniform. <laughs> we love men in uniforms. This movie yep. was sponsored by the U.S. Army. <laughs> There was a friend of the show, Rhino Show, that's a great Austrian, uh, like, genuine military ad that is just, like... The, the way it goes is, like, there's some, there's some like, village dude. Village dude. Like, like an Austrian, like, village chat type guy who is trying to flirt with women and they're not into it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a tank comes by and all the military dudes and all the women want to, want to fuck the military dudes and not the uh, not the like village guy and then says sign up for the Austrian army or the oh Austrian God. military <laughs> just the most vile sexist bullshit disgusting that's um, just filthy I wonder why I wonder what uh, military affiliation would uh, want to tell us that you're uh, you can transform from a loser into a guy that women now want if you go to the military. 
we gotta love the military industrial complex for giving us mm-hmm. entertainment. Um, whatever. They so they graduate and like so their whole thing and we haven't mentioned this before, but their whole thing their like plan is that they're gonna go into water purification because some joke about Pauly Shore's brother or something is a pool guy, so he he can learn about water that way. Yeah, he's like yeah. my brother does this, so I yeah. uh, I know all this shit. Yeah, uh, and um, so they're gonna they're gonna go into water for the 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 field of water purification because another thing about it is that like. Obviously, the water purification mans are never going to go see combat. That would never happen. Ha ha ha. No. Yeah. No. Never. That would be that would be hilarious. So um. So they 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 have to go to their like uh their little school class for water purifiers, and that's where they meet their their two new friends. Their two funny new friends, who are uh Tank Girl and David Allen Greer. <laughs> yeah, this is now uh, this 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 graduated from a from a buddy movie into a like gang. What's it called when there's ensemble. like four P- ensemble movie? I guess where a this gang, is, like, <laughs> a gang movie. I'm getting gang stalked by Lori Petty, David <laughs> Allen Andy Dick, and Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> A squad movie. A squad movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever. So they're 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 there, and David Allen Greer is like his joke is that he's a funny big wimp, and then yep. Lori Petty's joke is that she wants to go do do combat, but she's lady, so that's illegal. Um, that's so weird. It's that so a woman weird. would do that because usually women are into horses and stuff. Yeah, when I think of woman, <laughs> when I think of women, I think of playing with my little dollhouse and going to shopping. This is another classic of military propaganda is, uh, we are emancipated. Yeah. There's girl bosses here. <laughs> yeah, there's girl bosses here. We'll, we'll make you into a man. We'll get the, we'll get the, the scare, the scared of everything out of you. Yeah. Yeah, feminism uh, is when you're acting more like a man as a woman, uh-huh, and that uh-huh. makes you emancipated. Yeah, and um, David Allen Greer is uh scared of everything, and he's he's a a dental guy, whatever dental student, I think something like that. Yeah, yeah, who's in water purification for some reason? That yeah, I, don't I know about it is. this because I'm looking at the Wikipedia summary. I didn't remember that he was a dental. Guy. <laughs> It, like, comes into play in some stupid-ass way that I don't remember what it is <laughs> later on um, that doesn't make sense, but whatever. they uh, He's there, um, and they they all become friends, uh, and Andy Dick is very horny for Lori Petty. Yeah. Very, very horny for her, and it's fucking bad. And it sucks. It sucks. Um, and... Another thing, another reason that this movie is insulting to me mm-hmm. is that you cannot write a character like like Lori Petty's and look me in the eye and say this character, this woman is straight. Yeah. You're not gonna do it. I know what I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. Gay clot gay. Like, I'm sorry. 
we still haven't even gotten to the point where I actually started making notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you have the opposite problem of me, because, like, I, uh, I, like, I took notes for maybe the first 10 or 15, maybe 20 minutes, yeah. and then I stopped because I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. If I have to sit That's here good. and put all of my attention on this, I will die. That's good, because we split you. I mean, I wasn't paying attention to the plot, I just... Wrote down things like I hate horny Andy Dick so much. <laughs> we also like I don't remember if it's exactly in the uh, montage or if it's like kind of um, a little bit afterwards. But um, Brendan Fraser once again makes another cameo as Link. He learned I think how to talk. That's when they're already in Chad. Okay. Because here's they... what happens, right? Like, they learn that they need to go to Chad. Mm-hmm. Which is not the meme, but a country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. If they were uh... going to Chad the meme, they would just go to Brendan <laughs> Fraser's house. So I'm just going to read the Wikipedia uh, sentence on why they need to go to Chad. It says, unbeknownst to Bones and Jack, Libya has been planning an invasion of Chad, and they are consequently caught up for service overseas. They first try to get a military discharge by pretending to be homosexuals, but they fail. Great. So that's or, a great or, scene. <laughs> yeah, it's a great scene. They're like... Kind of a, <sighs> besides the homophobia, right? Like the <laughs> Besides the homophobia. Homophobia aside, that scene just doesn't work to me at all, because they're like, here's my great plan. We can... Because the military is homophobic, and we're going to use this to our advantage by saying, well, we can't go to the go to the guys who guy who was gonna send them out, like whoever yeah, is recruiter. responsible. I don't know military terms. <laughs> so they go to He's the recruiter. They go to the recruiter, uh, and they're like, "There's you can't send us to Chad because we are very close friends." And yeah. then they hold hands. Uh, yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, I see." That's fine, you're dismissed. And as they're going out, he says, Wait a second, hold on just a minute here. Kiss him. <laughs> so yeah. I believe it. And then for like one whole minute, they like g- try to imagine how much would it would suck to kiss another dude. <laughs> and then they don't do it. And then, and then the punchline is that Polly says, Send us to Chad. <laughs> yeah. And this is obviously like very homophobic. Yeah, but I was also thinking about how, like, if your grand plan is that, if you want to like evade, or if you want to get out of having this of being placed in Chad, like, if you want to, if you want to get out of having to go to Africa to fight in a war, mm-hmm. militarily, mm-hmm. if you want to avoid that, like, it's a very little thing to kiss your bro. Yeah. Like, that's... Well, you would think, but if you do that, it means you're gay, and that's bad. Yeah. And as yeah. I was thinking that, like, this is what I was thinking while I, while, when the scene happened. And as the movie went on, I was like, never mind. It's Andy <laughs> Dick that you have to kiss, and that's an entirely different <laughs> category. <laughs> A fate truly worse than death. Like, listen, I will kiss anyone to get out of something, but not Andy Dick. (laughs) 
all of the problems for the rest of your life are solved. All you need to do is kiss Andy Dick on the lips once. <laughs> Not doing Why don't it. you just kill me? <laughs> yeah. Just murder me in the street. That would get the job done as well. Like, oh god. It, yeah, it's... It's bad. It's whatever. They also bring David Allen Greer and Lori Petty with them to do this. Yeah, because they need to come with for the, some reason. We just set up the like this this like great group dynamic that totally oh, yeah. works. Everyone oh, yeah, is great. into. So it's comedy. Uh fucking whatever. They um Oh, I was going to say before uh, before we went on a break, the the one thing that is like even more annoying about the like lesbian thing or the thing you were saying that like mm-hmm. she would not be into guys one two if so not Polly Shore uh, yeah and, and three then they do this whole thing about her her being like into really weird sex stuff yeah she's what because <laughs> that's, that's another thing about like epic girl bosses is that yeah. they're really like but v- like viciously aggressively horny and it feels like a, it feels like a lampshading of the of the this is a lesbian stereotype it of uh of uh, well she's into guys but in a bdsm way yeah because that's the same i guess it it doesn't it it what like it doesn't even count as lampshading because they never even bring up the possibility yeah so it's it's not like yeah, I mean, gayness they... exists just as a joke here, like even more so, yeah. like because in 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 son-in-law when there was the oh, nice yeah, the lesbian, lesbian couple who were kiss who were making out, they they, mm-hmm. they had a it was it was like a dumb punchline of uh, of the shitty brother being really into it, mm-hmm. but at least it wasn't like a joke on them, right? Like yeah. it wasn't that movie was like. You know, the joke was a little off, but it didn't feel like actively homophobic in a way that this right. movie does. Where it's like yeah. the most like it's like cartoonish homophobia. The, yeah, the like pretending to be gay because funny, mm-hmm. uh, but then wouldn't it be so disgusting to be gay? Yeah, uh, that you'd rather go to Chad if you actually have to kiss your bro. Mm-hmm. Like Worst this is like. I mean, this is just a, this is just a hateful movie on its own, so it's like unsurprising. <laughs> yeah, um, this movie this movie is f- so full of hate. They couldn't they couldn't bring up the possibility of Lori Petty's character being a lesbian because if they brought that up, they wouldn't be able to do their funny homophobia joke. Yeah, yeah. So they're not going to do that. They have to do they have to make jokes. Uh, yeah, gay people just exist as a joke or something to be disgusted by. Don't you know this? Brought this to is you the by reality the that American military. Brought to you by the American Department of Defense. Messages <laughs> clearly endorsed by the United States Department of Defense. The United <gasps> States Army. <laughs> I'm going to... I know this was, this was officially written by... Well... Okay, it was written by... This movie was written by one, two, three, four, five... People. This movie has five screenwriters ri- credited. It has a story by, and it has three more people as a story by credit. So eight people wrote this. Fuck off. <laughs> how do you have, how do you need three people to come up with this incredibly basic story? 
and then five other people to write it. There's no overlap. All of these are different people. I was gonna say, I know this was this was technically written by like screenwriters, but in my mind it was just written by the American military. It was, yeah. Like, I mean, nothing in here says that Ken Kaufman, Stu Krieger, That's true. Fax Barr, Adam Small, Steve Zacharias, Jeff Buhai, and Robbie Fox are yeah, none of these you know, affiliated with the United screenwriters States. Screenwriters even have a Wikipedia page, so like Yeah, they're all just they're all just military guys. Yeah. I'm gonna check they're on Letterboxd if they have different credits there, maybe. Um, but if not, I would believe that these were just like the army consultants. Yeah. Um, hold yeah, on. These, are, the these are guys that they found at the the Burger King yeah. outside of the the San Diego. Uh, let's see. <laughs> base. Crew. Writers: Daniel Patrick as the director, so I know he wrote other things. The only <sighs> one we can verify. Thanks, Bar. One of the screenwriters is a screenwriter on Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I I just googled him and the third link here, the third result is a LinkedIn page and it says Facts Bar producer doing my drugs. <laughs> Ken Kaufman is the writer of Space Cowboys from the year 2000 starring Clint Eastwood and others um, as well as the Expendables 2 2012 movie and Curious George 2006 Beg pardon? <laughs> oh, God. It's a feature-length Curious George cartoon movie. Um, in the Army Sick. Now is listed, is listed as last, like, because Letterboxd sorts movies after popularity, so this is his oh least popular movie. <laughs> Robbie Fox was... <laughs> I'm glad I looked into the screenwriters in this movie because <laughs> you could not have... You could not have seen this coming. Robbie oh, Fox... God wrote, among others in the army now, um, <laughs> Granddaddy Daycare, oh. Playing for Keeps, and his most popular movie, So I Married an Ex-Murderer, 1993 ah! movie. Ah! Let's go. <laughs> we can't escape it. We can't escape it. We're gonna have to. <sighs> Out of all of the movies that we're gonna have to talk about, that's, that's the number one. Like, we're not going to be able to escape it. We gotta. We gotta, unfortunately. Uh, A grim task, but we must. Um, yeah. The last Jeff... screenwriter is also the screenwriter of Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa. So. Um, Jeff Buhai also worked on Revenge of the Nerds. He also wrote uh, Revenge of the Nerds 3, The Next Generation, and Revenge of the Nerds 4, Nerds in Love. I feel like the nerds <laughs> had enough revenge. <laughs> they can stop. You had your revenge. You got it. You got your fill. Who who hurt you this time? <laughs> if I were a nerd, cancel culture. Were... <laughs> Is Revenge of the Nerds four about cancel culture? It's called Nerds in Love. <laughs> Is Revenge of the Nerds about how Mary Jane in Spider Man can't have her tits out anymore? Oh my god. <laughs> or that I, I don't know. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds eight. If you embark on a revenge of on a journey of revenge of the nerds, dig two graves. <laughs> revenge of the nerds is where the where the nineties nerds who grew up on Polly Shore movies get their revenge on podcasters. <laughs> it's 
It's where these fucking dudes, what was, who was the one Steve Zacharias and Jeff Buhai come and hunt us down for sport? <laughs> Steve Zacharias uh, opens <laughs> up his, uh, his Twitter and he's gonna be like, hmm, today I will, I will see if anyone has tweeted the words podcast and Polish or recently. I, I, I want to see if they talked about in the army now. <laughs> all these all these podcasts uh, talk about surprise. movies but nobody talks about mine even though it's the best <laughs> in the army now is a cinematic masterpiece cinematic masterpiece we love it don't please don't kill and us not for, a military i you know with all these credits <laughs> to all these people i'm still not convinced that they're not just army ops i don't think these people are real like, no. I've seen photos of them, no and I don't think they're real. Because these movies were all, like, written by five people. Yeah. These people are AIs. Yeah. They were developed. This is why the, the United States military keeps getting its budget increased, is because they keep needing to upgrade their AI software to write movies like this. I just can't imagine eight people writing this. Like, one person, any one person will be able to write a movie that is about as good as this. Yeah. Like... I could write a movie that is, and I have never had a screenwriting class. I literally don't know what a screen uh, screenplay is even like formatted like, what it looks like, <laughs> what the what the lingo is. Um, I could write a movie that is like about as good as this. Like I, I'm not yeah. saying I could write a better movie, but this <laughs> this bar of quality, I am very confident I could achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our friend, our friend Roger Ebert has some choice words for, uh, about the, the writers of this movie also, which I think we can touch on since we're on the subject. Um, the screenplay work by five writers based on a story by three others seems to have been (laughs) rewritten and often enough that any individuality has been lost. It's by a committee and about a committee. The most used phrase of dialogue is, hey, you guys, the bad guys are, of course, all Arabs, Hollywood's flavor of the year and villains, but they aren't really bad because the movie doesn't care that much. Most of the war scenes consist of the four heroes slogging through the sand, exchanging rueful one-liners and low-key observations. I was waiting for comedy and got whimsy. You know what? Bold of you to proclaim that you got whimsy, but go (laughs) off. We were getting Roger's ass. For his horn and ass, but he's got a point here. Like yeah, about he's the... got a point here. It is it it is funny because I didn't write, read the whole review, so I didn't get to this part. It's very funny that <laughs> both Ro- Roger Ebert and uh, oh and Ebert got to the same got to the same point about how this is too many writers for what this is. <laughs> how do you? I think I can see five screenwriters, but three guys coming up with just a story. Yeah, so they sign up to, they, they fly out to Chad. There's some bits that there's, like, uh, the the actual army soldiers, they hate the reserve guys, and there's a, there's a rivalry going on there. Um, yeah. Polly is disrespecting this drill sergeant, but, uh, or the, his new sergeant, but... Uh, yeah. He he tells him you don't have to do any more push-ups anymore because I see you've gotten really good at that at boot camp. So instead, you're gonna be peeling, peeling funny potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> I don't, I don't get why this is worse. Like genuinely, <laughs> I think it's fine to peel potatoes. I do that all the time. Yonos <laughs> stays peeling potatoes. If there's one thing you gotta know about this one, he's got like a big mound of potato peels. It's comedy. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. There's like fucking whatever. There we do get we do get a Brendan Fraser cameo. He's back. Link has joined the military industrial complex. Shaking your head. Truly the truly <laughs> the most via thing this movie does. How dare you do this to Linkovich Chomowski? How dare you disrespect the spirit of Linkovich Chomowski? How dare you also this this adds even more to the to the weird layers of there's th- at this point Link Linkovich has met three different incarnations of Pauly Shore like three yeah. dis- three different characters with different names and backstories um, three distinct hymns there's just like and if they're all they all exist in the same world like this is this is just just a world that is overrun by people who look <laughs> like Pauly Shore overrun with Paulies. Crawling with you may say you may say three isn't necessarily overrun, but it's oh, three of Polly Shore. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's that's where that's where they start to trick you. Yeah. The and doesn't he he has like a line right? So he's learned how to speak. Yeah. Finally. I mean, yeah. Didn't he say? <laughs> did you say anything in Son in Law? I don't remember. No, he didn't. He yeah. just. He was pretty much, he was exactly, literally Link from Encino Man. He, he couldn't speak, he kind of had a big... He had a caveman Deer in headlights there. look, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was in character, he was the Link we know and love. In, in this, this one, it's, he's... Yeah. It's just Brendan Fraser wearing... It's just Brendan so, Fraser. Yeah, he's wearing fatigues that say Link on his yeah. name tag, so that we know. <laughs> it's disgraceful. Um, yeah, truly, truly disrespectful. So to the cinematic masterpiece that was Encino Man <laughs> compared to this. <sighs> this fucking um, movie. Um, there's a funny gotta get my coffee moment. <laughs> there is a funny gotta get my coffee moment. Where it uh, it didn't it didn't make me laugh. It did make me breathe out air of my nose a little bit faster because I was like, I do that. I also drink coffee. Yeah, I'd be drinking my coffee. <laughs> If I didn't have to go to bed early tonight, I'd be drinking my damn coffee right now. But yeah. unfortunately, uh, uh, there's a bit, there's a bit, there's a bit where like they do the water purification and then they have to drink it, uh, and it's the best water anyone has ever purified. Yeah, and it's like it was. Did they like purify it out of a doo-doo stream or something? It was something gross. Yeah. Yeah, to make yeah, everybody like in the audience go ew. Yeah. 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 They they had like a thing where like nobody wants to drink it. Who cares? It's, it's <laughs> who cares? It's not worth talking about. I wanted to talk about the got to get my coffee moment because that was. <laughs> oh, we should talk about the military rivalry because there's like that keeps going on. There's this other guy who is like a signed up army guy, mm-hmm. and he immediately picks a fight with. I think Polly like accidentally. She's like taking something apart and it lands in this other guy's stew or like in this other guy's food and then something we do like some classic high school bully shit but it's in like the military yeah it's literally it's just like school cafeteria yeah. bullshit and then he like tries he starts to throw his food Polly makes a big speech about how you and I are not so different just because we are reserves and you are like full time military guys you got to be we could just all be friends, and he says, uh, I, have, I only have one problem with you, reserves. You don't eat enough food. And he wants to throw his food at Polly, but Polly ducks, and it lands in the first sergeant's face, and then the sergeant makes the bully peel potatoes. And this 
incites a blood rivalry between these two where like on the next morning the military sergeant wakes up and he doesn't have doesn't have his purified water to make coffee for so he's mm-hmm. like trying to find the water purification gang and they're yep. all like oh yeah they've been like what the fuck happened to him they're like i, I don't i can't let's see if the, if wikipedia says this because i can't do like it's like, it's on the same level as Sean Astin getting stapled to the yeah, wall in Encino Man. Yeah, they're like stapled to some stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's some shit like that. The the rival, by the way, played by um, crossword puzzle clue superstar Isai <laughs> Morales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. They're all... They've all been been clowned upon, uh, and they have to get water for for he coffee. Yeah, he be drinking he damn coffee. Yeah, the sergeant is like the first sergeant is like, uh, who did this to you? And Polly is like, I'm not allowed to say because they threatened us with torture. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Um, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> It's just great. And then I didn't take any notes until uh, until Andy Dick was horny. <laughs> yeah, like I don't remember. Like they have to go on a mission to like resupply yeah, but I didn't... a base. This was at the point where I I stopped paying attention to the plot. Like I was like, who gives a shit why they're on this mission? Yeah, they get lost in the desert. That's all. They you get need lost to know. in the desert. Uh, and Dick is horny for uh, for for Laurie Patty, who very clearly tells him constantly that I think I think there's like a bit about how there's some there's some action stuff where where she like saves someone's lives or something, and then Andy Dick is like, oh, I heard women get horny when they when they have to do like physical action, and she says, yeah, but never never for you or something like that. Yeah, some shit like that. Uh, and so it's, it's like, like, yeah, I mean, when she's right, she's right. She's right, but Andy Dick will keep <laughs> being a dick about it. He will keep being Andy Dick about it. He will it. Keep, keep being an Andy Dick. Um, <laughs> oh, he and then uh, other stuff happens. Uh, they, like, yeah. blow up a truck, or that truck gets blown up or something, and then Polly, like, uh, very heroically steals another truck. They like hallucinate a couple of times. Andy they halluc- Dick. They do funny mirages in the desert. Yeah, Andy Dick sees an oasis or something yeah. and runs toward it, stripping his clothes off and falls naked onto the sand. Isn't it funny? Yeah. When Naked Man asks. <laughs> this is what I wrote down. This is what happened to the Coney 2012 guy. <laughs> I heard I heard him jacking off is just a myth. He didn't actually jack off, he just got naked. So jot that down. <laughs> Rehabilitating Coney twenty twelve. It's been ten years. <laughs> we can look back on Coney twenty twelve and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking um and I think it's like somewhere in the midst of all this that like at some point they set up a little campfire mm-hmm. and they're all sitting around it and we get a fucking vile transphobic joke uh which went yeah. over your head you didn't notice it because you yeah, rightfully I, were zoning out 
I was zoning out and I was taking notes uh, at this because I was just like, where's this romance coming from? Yeah, so Lori Petty suddenly decides that she's in love with Polly Shore. Yeah, just out um, of nowhere. Like, they barely talked before this. Yeah, um, there's romance now. And Andy Dick is mad about it because he's been horny for her this entire time. So he starts going off on this whole thing about, uh, you take everything from me. Every every time I like a girl, she ends up going with you. That's how it was with your girlfriend back at home who who has broken up with him. Yeah, in, would, in a way like that to suggests that. to me, yeah, it suggests to me that the actress decided she didn't want to be in the movie anymore and <laughs> wrote a letter to the production crew and just fucked off. But yeah, Andy Dick is like going down this list of times that this has happened, and one of them is fucking awful. I don't know if I want to repeat it on this, but it's terrible. Yeah, it's enough that we say that it's transphobic. I yeah, I got to say, it went over my head also partially because he just <clears throat> he starts whining and then he keeps whining about mm-hmm. girls that Polly, Polly stole from him. Um, mm-hmm. One of those is transphobic, but at that point I was just like, oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> I wish I had been detached enough to yeah. not catch that. I did write down the beginning of this of this rant, which is I saw her first. Yeah. Like if you want to cool. if you want to know what the energy of Andy Dick is in this movie, he's like someone who will say, I saw her first when yeah. um, when when a couple gets together. Yes. When speaking of another human being. Yeah. Uh it's cool. So whatever, Andy D- or not Andy Dick, uh Polly Shore and Lori Petty are a thing now. Whatever. They're a thing now, and they're going to have the weirdest, wildest sex, as she keeps repeating. Yeah, she goes on this big rant about the the fucked up, crazy wild sex she's going to have with him once they're done with this, isn't it? Wouldn't it be funny if a woman was aggressive in her sexuality? Mm -hmm. There's also Um, a bit where Andy Dick is like, uh, I should hate you for stealing all this woman from me, but I can't because you're my best buddy and you saved my life, bros forever. Yeah. It's like, what's even... Who cares? Dude. What's even the point? This is Dude's there's no point to this. I mean, there is a point to this, which is getting people to sign up. But I don't think yeah. it worked. <laughs> to be fair, like, to be in... To, to this movie's credit, the, 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 the military trying to make a movie that gets people signed up probably backfired. This was a huge flop, and I can't see it worked on anyone. <laughs> so I do I want to see if there's like a uh maybe a maybe a helpful infographic where I can look up uh army <laughs> recruitment numbers by year and see see if things fell between <laughs> something have that would be wild <laughs> if there were like a noticeable increase in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on 1990s I gotta, I gotta find out. See, if I don't find it now, I'm gonna get mad. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't have... I don't have exact numbers, but... Yeah, they uh-huh. definitely fell. <laughs> but they just kind of... That's just kind of part of a bigger trend of them falling throughout the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder <laughs> if something... I wonder if something will, will happen uh, at the beginning of the next millennium that will get people to sign up again 
<laughs> I wonder and if there's they... some tragedy that uh, some people will like instrumentalize for themselves. <laughs> there's probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just kind of a regular year at that point. Yeah. Yeah, nothing happened at uh, Y2K, so... Yeah, the first Spider-Man movie came out. <laughs> uh, fucking whatever. So, um, they they're lost in the desert. There's hijinks, and then some shit happens where they get kidnapped by the Libyans, mm-hmm. and they spend a night in a POW camp, and then they get out, and it doesn't fucking matter at all. Yeah. And the 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 evil guy from the military is there, but he's now very oh, yeah. wounded. Uh, yeah, he's very wounded. Friends or I don't know some sort some sort of comeuppance for him. But at the same time, it's like oh maybe we are bros because fighting for our country, representing the army is what unites us. After all, moral of the story. Yeah, brought to you by the U.S. Army. Yeah, salute our troops, please. Uh, this is this thank, is where this, I, I will say in this in this bit was where the closest I got to laughing again came was the scene where they were like in that POW camp and um, the the bully is like uh, who is now very wounded and is also captured there. He's like uh, sing a song and then he's signaling, yeah, do it so I can tell Polly Shore like whisper to him what's what's up uh, without mm-hmm. uh, without the guards who are like listening and hearing so yeah, yeah. like the other two start singing some song that i was not familiar with it was probably a big hit in 1994 yeah or the i forget but they keep singing a song and there's like the, the one thing that got me a little bit was just the cut to the guards dancing to the song that they were that they were singing <laughs> like they just got really into it <laughs> good good performance by these two extras who were like <laughs> in this one scene funny extra do a silly dance what more do you need uh i was really like really starving for anything at this point <laughs> in the movie please. so i was just grasping at whatever it gives me i bet oh this you. is where the most girls are into horses thing comes oh yeah most girls are into horses, they, actually. They I have a notice. they have a little I'm not like other girls thing where she's like, I'm excited, but I'm also just like really riled up to like fight back against them. I don't remember what the escape plan was even. Yeah, I don't yeah. Who cares? She was they... very excited about possibly being executed the next yeah. day. And yeah. then Polly is like, You're weird. You're not like other girls. Mm-hmm. Most girls are into horses and stuff. And then yeah. she's like being emo about oh but uh, everyone is like i'm different and i could never fit in uh and whatever yeah she wants to be she wants to be heroic she wants to commit murder on the battlefield i can't Um, believe i i've been i've been bullied all my life by other girls for loving violence and murder i'm not like wanting to die for my for my country yeah please sign up please sign up watching this yeah (laughs) Don't be like the mean girls who and will then, make fun of a yeah. girl for wanting to save the country or whatever. And then, and then, as as she's like, the, as she's talking about this, Polly is like, "But I like that horses are boring. Let's make yeah. out." And w- will you really do that weird sex after me that you promised? Yeah, because that would we be epic. PG-rated film. <laughs> um, 
day. I can be your little pock champ. <laughs> <laughs> My little Paul champ. <laughs> <laughs> what if his name was Poggy Shore? Poggy we. Shore. They. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I want to be done talking about this goddamn movie. <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> We're almost done. They whatever My they escape here, basically. Yeah, they they escape. Uh, I forget what order anything happens in because at this point I was just like, God, please just be over. And um, they like run into a band of like. I don't know if they're traveling merchants or whatever, but they sell their van for a camel. It's funny. The camel is rude. Uh, but they love the camel. And, um... Eventually they get in contact via radio with their sergeant guy. And he says, I need you to go on mission for me. Uh, I need you to... What do they need to do? They need to, like, mark... An area with a laser so yeah. that the the airmen can come and bomb it. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's something stupid, whatever. So they have to do that. They do military shit. That's just kind of the rest of the movie is just boring military action. The rest of the movie is like a lot of things blowing up. That's, yeah. You could, you could not pay me to care about yeah. movies where... <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point I was yeah. like not paying attention at all at this point i was like asking my twitter followers if like if i want to get into star trek the original series if i should watch the pilot <laughs> or not yeah i think at this point i was like i had my switch out and i was playing animal crossing like anything to not deal with this yeah like <laughs> i can't there's nothing to pay attention to yeah. what do you want me to pay attention to they blow so... up a bunch of shit there's a there's a little callback where Polly launches a rocket backwards, like in the beginning at, uh, oh, at yeah. boot camp, and then he says, "Oops!" Turns it around, launches it the right way, saves the day. The the, yeah. the the first sergeant is like, "Hey, you're not such a bad egg after all." At yeah, the beginning, I thought you were a disrespectful weasel, man, but it turns out you are serving the greater good so well. And then Polly says something about, "I did it because I love the army." I love the army. I love America. He makes he makes like a big speech about loving the army, about and about how it's like his new home or something. And that's yeah. where I was like, hmm, kind of sus. Like right up to this yeah. point, it could have been like, because like the basic idea, it could could like it started out like as a fish out of water thing about how Polly mm. is like a chill dude. He doesn't belong in the military. Whatever. It could have yeah. been like a satire, but this was the point where I was like. You're starting to get a little, a little too obvious. Like I would have called this military propaganda either way, uh -huh. but this is where they start saying this is good actually, and you, you who are watching this, would don't you see how epic this is? Don't you see how yeah, the don't army you made be a part them of this? into friends? Don't you see how he got an epic sex girlfriend who does weird things in bed? Don't you want to have fucked up wild sex with your girlfriend <laughs> who you found in the military? Don't you want a military wife? Don't you want to get a camel? <laughs> Don't you want to befriend a camel who's rude? Don't you want to have camel antics? 
don't you want to dangle an apple off of a string and dangle it in front of your camel so that he'll follow it and stop being rude to you for a little while? That would like, be epic. It would be epic. I'm I wish the camel up. had done that. It would be fun. Do you think it's uh, funny when the camel farts? It's funny when the camel farts. Um, <laughs> they... Whatever. What the fuck? Ever. Yeah, this they, is basically they... the end of the movie. I, uh, and yeah. all that happens is the thing we talked about earlier where they're like, haha, we're military yeah. guys now and then we see two other slackers who, who are, isn't it easy to sign up to the military? And you, the viewer, have, have the last laugh because you recognize this from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, you might understand what's going to happen to these two fellows. They, uh, Pauly Shore and Andy Dick have, have set up their, their little store that they've always wanted to, to build. Yeah. They have a funny camel as a mascot. They're having a big opening party for it, and they've set up their store right next to the army recruiter, which is not suspicious whatsoever. It's just a thing that you do. That's just where the real estate happened to be. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> that's the end fine. of the movie. This it's is fine. Normal. It's yeah, this is what you do. Then another play, another song plays. I was holding out hope, like right up to this point, was holding out hope to hear "In the Army Now" by Status Quo. And then a song starts playing, and it's not that. Yeah. So that, I was like, mm, nope, you didn't even no. deliver on the most. Ba- I it was two. There was two. Th- I knew it was gonna be bad. There was two things I was hoping for. One, Paulie Short to say his catchphrases, and two. Yeah. To hear the song in the army now by status quo delivered on none of them huge waste of time just listen mm-hmm. to the song and yeah you're gonna get more out of it i think i don't even 90 like minutes. the song <laughs> <laughs> 90 minutes of my life gone it's just like yesterday when i was working on this big piece of art that i have and uh-huh. my shit crashed and i lost it uh i lost an hour's worth of work same shit i felt the exact same way uh, miserable fucking movie, vile, rancid. Yep. Never want to see it again. Do not Can't watch wait this. to see what jury duty is going to so, be like. As a little tease. As um, a little tease. As a little tease. I was looking at the critical reception for this. <laughs> uh, I went on Rotten Tomatoes dot website, uh, and uh-huh. <laughs> I looked at all of Paulie Shore's movies, and and Sino Man had I think I think twenty seven. 26%, uh, which mm-hmm. is still rotten. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, average uh, mediocre movie thing, I guess. Um, Son-in-Law had like 16. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think between between 15 and 20, but I think about like around 16. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there was a huge drop <laughs> to In the Army Now, which was at 6%. 6%! Approved. Uh, and this is still... Like, the next two are gonna still be lower somehow, because oh, Jury Duty is no. at 0%, and Biodome oh, is at, like, no. 3 or 4. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, To be God. fair, they also got reviewed less, because okay. these movies also made increasingly less and less at the box office. Um, can I read the first yeah. line of the summary of Jury Duty? This is coming from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, An unemployed male stripper and certifiable slacker, Tommy Collins, parentheses, Pauly Shore. That's all I want to (laughs) read. One thing I've seen on the Wikipedia page for Jury Duty Uh is that it is 
loosely based on let me just look at it so I get it right let's let's see jury duty the film is loosely adapted on is loosely based on the teleplay 12 angry men which itself was adapted into film in 1957 starring Henry Fonda so just like kind of an obscure movie that I'm sure it will (laughs) live up to (laughs) hand we have 12 angry men uh-huh on the other hand we have jury duty with Polly Shore <laughs> I am I mean I'm sure it's gonna be fucking awful but yeah, I am I, at least interested in seeing the parallels maybe I rewatch 12 angry men um, I'm interested in seeing the parallels between this and Wayne's world because Tia Carrera and Brian Doyle Murray have come back from Wayne's World mm-hmm. to be in Jury Duty. This has so kind that's of gonna a be star, fucking incredible. Star-studded cast because it has Stanley Tucci and Abe Vigoda. Stanley Tucci, yeah, <laughs> the Tucci is in it. <sighs> Abe Vigoda's in it, and then a bunch of people that I don't know who they are yeah. are in it. Well, star-studded so... is maybe overrated, but if you have one guy who was in The Godfather, uh, and one guy who was peed on by a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, oh yeah, oh no, I guess, I, maybe we want to save this for when we actually talk about uh, Jury Duty, but I, I saw the, the name of the director and I said, I've heard this guy's name. Uh, directed by John Fortenberry. Oh great, other, okay, I'm not gonna spoil this. Yeah, other, okay, we don't, we're gonna save it for next time? Oh my god, yeah, no, we're, we're gonna keep this a mystery until next time. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's save it for then. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, um, I had one more thing. Let me see. Uh, I found an article. Oh boy! On a website called taskandpurpose.com that says why in the army now is the most realistic military movie ever made. Here's what the film gets right, and it was written in 2021. Like there's guys out there who not only watch the movie. In 2021, they like it and they want to write about it. Are you? Uh, can you please? I'm link going this? to link this to you. Uh, I gotta see to this shit to believe it. DM this to you on Discord. Okay. And it's a pretty long article, so me. we should we should just talk about like some of the highlights. Uh, but it starts with uh, if there's one thing the internet loves to do besides meltdown about stolen valor, it's complain about inaccuracies in military themed movies. I don't think this is the main thing the internet loves to do. Like, <laughs> military themed movies are like not a f- military mit- nitpicking military movies is not like a classic nitpick. Um, yeah. Whatever, but this guy says, I'm trying to be different. Uh, I've been on the hunt for the most accurate military movie. The film that transports me back to my youth as a freshly scoffed private, shaking my mirror shine polished black boots while a dress sergeant in BDUs questions my sexuality, upbringing, and parental lineage at 110 decibels. There's a great perspective already on this. Um, and he says, I think mm-hmm. I found the film in the army now, that mid 90s classic. Uh, here's what the film gets right. Oh boy. Um, high-speed training for non-combat reservists. Uh, as we meet Bones and Jack, they're partaking some of the more high-speed combat training reservists they get, killing bad guys in video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks about how good it was for his military training, how much Call of Duty he was playing. 
the the words "pog ass weekend warriors" yeah. is making me want to kill something. That's where I draw the line. Today's pog ass weekend warriors like your beloved writer here. Me too. Me the fuck too. <laughs> the second point is the motivation for enlisting money, uh, and they list. Uh, about how this is so accurate and once again like there's the military propaganda underlying it right like this is what gets me about this article is that maybe you think it's accurate because you were also scammed into joining the military (laughs) yeah like i would say that the promise of money is a big reason why many 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 people go ahead and join the army and it's uh, a driving force into why the army does things the way that it does mm-hmm. and why the united states is set up the way that it is uh-huh. then i'm gonna scroll down a little bit because uh, i want to get yeah, to just read some these of headlines, the, some I, the better yeah. highlights i can read the headlines the next one is a realistic look at basic training whatever then the next yeah, one is the agony of a dear John letter. And this one he details that, well, he says to more cynical viewers, the decision to have Bond's girlfriend to dump him soon into his first deployment might seem like a contrivance to set up a romantic relationship with Private Jones, Laurie Petty. Uh, but I hate to break it to you, but the deployment dump is a rite of passage for any soldier. Foolish enough to think he's got a long-term thing going on with the townie he's been hooking up with for the last three months. I was single during my first deployment, but about five months into my second, I got dropped by the woman I was with. So this is like... <laughs> if I joined the army, I would not be dumped within three months because I'm just built different. Yeah, Rip to you, have, Francis have Horton. Relation, have better relationships, I don't know. Yeah. It's not because of going to the army. Yeah. He says, the only little tweak I might make would be this. Bone gets home to discover his account has been drained and his credit is ruined and is forced to take on another deployment to pay off the boat he now owns and has never seen. So there might be some <laughs> unresolved things going on. Maybe it wasn't that good that you went to the military. I don't know. Maybe you should question <laughs> that. Yeah, maybe you should question that. Maybe it's not great. Maybe there are downsides. And then, um, this is the last one. The, na- the last point yeah, yeah. is the active duty soldiers are kind of dicks. Look, this isn't going to be popular, but you active duty cats could really use some acupuncture or back massages or something when you're on deployment. Maybe you don't see us reservists and National Guardsmen as real soldiers. Maybe you don't like that after all this war shit we get to head home to Fort Couch while you're on your way to whatever armpit of America your duty station is in. The reality is borne out in the film where practically everyone has it in for bones despite his relentless optimism and enthusiasm. He accidentally hits one special forces troop with, with a spring, spring from, from his flashlight and the dude can't leave it alone. So once again, like, and then in the end he says, for these reasons I, th- I hold that In the Army Now is the greatest film about military life ever made. And it's just like... This is the it most... says a lot about the military, not in yeah. the way that he thinks. Yeah, that's what really gets me about this. Yeah, like... I think you need to look back at this with just kind of a slightly different mindset. You're making good points, but not for the reasons that you think you are. Yeah. Like, it's, this is, people who have this kind of military brain worm, like, astound me. It's, It's the same type of brain as, like, people who get sucked into, like, MLMs. Yeah. You know? It's I mean, the this same is literally shit. It's an like, MLM thing. It is. It is. That's literally what it is. Yeah. Show me the difference between herbal life and the United States military. 
You can't. You can't. I fucking dare you. You're not gonna. <laughs> God. Well, that was. I hate this country so much. That was in the army now. <laughs> that was in the army now. God. Miserable experience. Bad movie, but uh, good podcast episode, I dare say. Good podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah. Next time we're going on jury duty. I think, like, as as vile as the next two movies are gonna get, at least it's not gonna be military propaganda. Yeah. At least Andy Dick isn't in it. Yeah, at least Andy Dick isn't in it. We do have to deal with Stephen Baldwin in Biodome. We will eventually have to look at Stephen Baldwin. We're gonna have to deal with Stephen Baldwin. We're gonna have to look at the... I mean, Biodome is the movie that, like... That's the one everybody loves to hate. That, That one, like... Yeah, that's the one that is, like, famous enough as a bad movie as it made it into a weird-ass song. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so we'll get to there, but there's, like, one more road bump before that with Jury Duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm, sh- I'm sure we're gonna love it. <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna love it. This is Can't where the wait. real sicko and Hebat begins. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I want to die. So, I hope this was good to listen to. Let us know uh, how brave <laughs> we were for watching this. Yeah, let us let us steal some valor. Let us know yeah. that we are actually braver than the United States military. Oh, we are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, show me one enlisted man who would actually subject himself to all of mm-hmm. these. We're, hey, we're halfway through. We're over halfway through. That's true. Yep. We only got two more. And then we can be done with Polly Shore. Yeah, then we can... Then we... Then we can take a little break, I guess. Yeah. And at some point when we've worked it, worked up enough stamina again... <laughs> at some point, yeah. We're... At some point we're gonna watch some other things, which I don't know how much of that we've revealed. I think we said Yahoo series already, so... We did say Yahoo series, yeah. Uh, we we implied happen. somebody else, but um, and at some point we're gonna have to watch the increasingly desperate comeback attempts that Polly Shore <laughs> had uh, in the oh, two decades God. following uh, two and a half decades. The last one came out last year, uh, following um, Biodome. But that's for another season of Sicko and E. But. Um, this is the end of the yeah, episode. If you want, if you um, want Pauly news in the meantime, he is active on Twitter and he's into NFTs. So <laughs> well, he's retweeting NFT stuff. I don't. I'm not sure he knows. Uh, he has. A he YouTube, has no idea. He has a YouTube he has channel. No he has a podcast where he just rants uh, about that stuff. That sounds right. Uh, he had Chris Catan on, ep- on an episode. Of course, he had Chris Catan <laughs> on an episode. Who else would he have on an episode? Yep. I think it's because yep. the most recent movie that Pauly Shore made last year had Chris Catan also. Um, I'm not sure he was in any of his classic movies. He might have been in Biodome. We'll have to find out. We'll find out. Um, yeah. Rate us a, give us a review on, give us a five star review on iTunes if you're listening to this. Um, yeah, you owe it to us at this point I, after what we've been through. I want, I want this to go up on the on the iTunes charts in the movie categories. This needs to become the number <laughs> one movie podcast. Yeah, this is our this is our magnum opus. We're putting so Fuck much blank work into check. This. Um, <laughs> fucking. Fuck Mark Marin. Mark, Fuck my favorite murder. Mark Maron. Well, I, I was trying to think of movie podcasts, but I can't. 
Oh well, I'm just thinking of any podcast. Yeah, no, we're gonna be the number one podcast in in on yeah. iTunes. We're gonna be. We are. I keep getting emails about how these were the year's top ten podcasts. I want to be in one of those. So. It will happen. It will happen. I'm manifesting it. Tell your friends. <laughs> uh, spread the word. Tell your recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing uh, the thing now. Sign up for sign up for a podcast. It's gonna be easy. You just have to talk into a microphone, and then suddenly you're you in the war do. zone of watching in the army now. <laughs> in the feed now. <laughs> We're. <laughs> that's that's whatever this is the episode i guess are we done do we need to plug ourselves i don't remember if we plugged ourselves last time no we didn't i think this is no this this is a prestige show no plugs no plugs no ads yeah 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 they knew who we are yeah we're only yeah it's not my fault if you don't know who i am exactly yeah um (laughs) I, unless you want to give us Patreon money or something, then subscribe to who watches the uh, Patreon.com slash who watches the watch. Yes, so su- subscribe to patreon.com slash notaroy. Yeah. It'll be good. All right. Yeah, well, do that. see you <laughs> next episode. Um, take care. Uh, don't sign up for the army. And as always, stay crusty. Stay crusty. Okay.